Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. Today, we're joined by special guest Phil Irwin, who's the founder of World League Canny Cross and Bark Life. We look forward to hearing all about it and finding out a little bit more. So let's hand over to Phil so you can introduce yourself. Hi, Phil. Hi there. Uh, my name's Phil Irwin and I founded World League Canny Cross Limited. Uh, I've been canny crossing for about five years now and uh, I tend to burble a lot, so <laughs> to me. Um, but I have two dogs, uh, a belligerent beagle called Bella and a, psych- a psychotic spaniel called Lucy, who I uh, I race with uh, badly, I have to say. But there you go. That's, that's a short bio. And uh, how old are they both? Not you, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bella is uh, is six years old, um, and j- she's kind of retired now because she had a cruise ship problem, not canny cross related. Good. Uh, uh, and Lucy is three years old, and uh, has a very loud personality. So she's upstairs at the moment under strict orders. <laughs> as, as do most spaniels, I think. Yeah, yeah. but perfect yeah. dog to canny cross with. So, so yeah. how did you get into canny crossing, Phil? Uh, well, I lived in the states uh, and worked in the states for uh, about eleven years. And uh, don't ask me how, but uh, I managed to uh, watch UK TV programs. Oh, you were lucky. Uh, Yeah, well, don't ask how, as I said. (laughs) But uh, anyway, but one of them that I watched, uh, one program I watched was, uh, and you might remember this, was Cats versus Dogs with Chris Packham. Yeah. And so I was watching it, and then he was showing about uh, Canny Cross, and I'd never seen it before. And I thought, that's absolutely wild, and you'll never get me doing it. And how wrong I was. Because <laughs> uh, at, at the time I had a, a, a beagle called Tess who was about as uh, active as a slug. And uh, I thought, well, that's not going to happen. But anyway, as it turns out, came back to the UK and I had a little bit of a health scare. And uh, so I uh, said to my consultant, well, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to do uh, some activity like I do, I say these things. And the consultant looked at me and, and gave me a look up and down and said, yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but I did. And I, uh, so I started running with Bella and uh, I lost 70 pounds. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, America's got a certain lifestyle, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, uh, and I, I really got into it. And like anything with me, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the rest is kind of, I won't say it's history, um, but that's how I kind of got started in it. And did you, did you race or did you, um, and, or did you have any sessions when you started out at Canning Cross just to find out more about it or? I did actually, uh, I did have a couple of sessions with uh, a lady called Morag Hares in uh, in York, who's a, 
she's a behaviorist, um, but also uh, did teach Canny Cross. Uh-huh. Um, but I have to say, in general, I tended to teach myself. And yeah. I know you're Canny Cross coaches, so I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, it was because of where I'm located, and location's an interesting uh, subject yeah. that we can talk about later when it comes to bark life. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's how I uh, kind of got into it, and uh, I have my occupational hazard of falling over once a quarter. Um, I just make sure it's on the soft mud, you know, that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? Yeah, well, as we get older, it always makes it a little bit worse, doesn't it? But anyway, I think we've both been there. So, um, yeah. So you started off with um, uh, the, the the World League Canicross. So tell us about that. How did, how did that all happen and why? Well, there's a bit that we have to skip over, which is I got elected onto the board of uh, BSSF. And um, I didn't like what I saw. And that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. But uh, I'm the kind of person that says, okay, what's wrong with it? What could I do differently? I won't say better, but differently. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, there's, there's, there's got to be a different way of doing this. And, of course, I had done park run at the time. And I liked the age grade system. And uh, so I thought, you know, if we're going to have equitable competition, we would be better served by using age grade rather than what I call uh, an uh, an absolute number, which is time. And I remember, Louise, on one of your podcasts, you were saying, well, I am XX years old. And I'll never. <laughs> no, but but I mean, it, 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 this is what everybody does, and it, it's because we're programmed uh, in society to think, you know, we're past the hill. Turn up to put to find a point on it, but we're not. It, we're just different, and uh, that's why I use the age grade system as the basis for the competition. So I formed Will Lee Canicross uh, with two other directors, brilliant directors, uh, Joe, Joe Wormald, who is, uh, has got an awful lot of experience uh, with Bike Your and Canicross, and also uh, uh, she's Bike Yard for Team GB uh, and was yeah. an executive officer at BSSF. And Scott McLaughlin, who, sorry, Scott McLean, and uh, Scott is, uh, he is honest as a day is long and he is great for compliance. So, you know, between them, they bring great things to the table and they keep me in check, which is the important thing. Uh, so we started it and uh, I started a trial in October 2020 and uh, I was in my own mind's eye, I thought, okay, if I get 25 people, I'd be really happy with that. So when we got to 78, we said, right, let's just stop. <laughs> and uh, so we so we stopped at 78 because it was just going on and on and on. And uh, I ran a six-week trial. And I had done a lot of programming to, because uh, we have, um, there's two parts to it. There's a, we have a synthetic dog which is a model of a dog in in numbers. 
And we have the age grade system that kind of surrounds it. And we have we create coefficients, but it sounds very complicated. But if you just think about about a, a system where you can interrogate Strava and generate outputs automatically. Okay, I've got to do press a few buttons, but it's pretty easy. Um, that's how it works. It looks at a model of uh, an ideal or an ideal dog's not right really. A typical dog and you actually input that data and with a couple of coefficients which we've learned from our data points we can generate um, competition points so that for instance a 20 year old guy can compete against a 63 year old woman and it is about relative performance it's not about absolute time. It's about relative performance. And once people can grasp the concept that everybody is different, but in general, there are curves that you can follow as far as performance is concerned, it gives a pretty good even uh, playing field that you can uh, compete on. Some people don't like it. It's generally the people who think they're better than they actually are. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we're all different, and yep. so that's. Uh, but that's it. So essentially, what happens is, is that um, people join the league, uh, and they join a Strava club that's a private, and they put some tags on their activity. And Synaptic, which is our system, will interrogate Strava. It will suck that data down. It'll put it through the scam system and then generate two lots of points. Okay. Cause you'll see, you'd have probably seen in the, um, in the, the Facebook group, yeah. we give, the, we give them race points and we give them league points. Okay. So what's the difference? The league points are purely about performance. Okay. The race points are used in virtual races that we run every month, and they are a composite of performance, uh, the elevation gain you, uh, completed in the run, uh, and the actual distance completed. Right. So, so for virtual racing, we use race points, and it's a little bit different because there's some bonuses in there. Uh, but for the league, we use pure performance with some coefficients and are these done as the league bit is that do you meet up to do those or is it no uh, one of the yeah one of well some of them do i mean it's certainly in bark life which is kind of like the icing on the cake which we'll get to um people do meet up in bark rooms of course yeah uh, and so, um, but generally, the people will do social runs in the league and yeah, you can race against each other or you can do it, um, you know, or you can go out and, and run on your own. It's, it's, I look at the league, not really much as much as competition, but a really good training aid for um people at the grassroots level to understand where they're at as far as performance is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? we all get a bit competitive as we get older. 
well, we don't lose our competitiveness. So it's actually quite a nice way of, uh, as you say, not not by age, but by um, yeah, about your your own performance. By relative your relative performance. Yeah, yeah. I think I understand yeah. all that. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, get there. Well, get out the yeah, uh, yeah, but you've got. If you think about it, if you have a league, you can't do all the categorisation of as far as different age groups. It doesn't work. It works if you are uh, in an elite category up to 32, and you can do it probably till you're about 45. You can you can actually keep uh, on the that linear uh, absolute value um, uh, strategy. But once you get past 45, there's there's so many things that happen physiologically wise with yeah. the, the human body that um, you can't compete equitably, and um, I, I I've I've had some I won't say run-ins but we've had some disagreements with some of the powers that be well all of the powers that be because um, I have a campaign for more equitable recognition of veterans because we have a problem. We have 80% of our canny cross population is in the veteran category. And uh, so that's the and that's the grassroots of our sport. Yeah, but that's what I don't I don't know about you, Michelle, but that's what most a lot of my um people that come on runs or I t- train are sort of 40s above. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've seen the same trend. Yeah. 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 It surprises me that it's that high actually. What the 80%? Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, I can tell you what the average age is of a canny crosser because uh, uh, this is putting my marketing head on, of course. <laughs> the, average on, age, the average age of a canny crosser is 45.6. Yeah. So that that goes to show. So, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but but the, the other thing, because uh, we get, we're starting to talk about demographics now, but one of the problems, and this brought, uh, brings on, why I did Bark Life rather than uh, stay with Claire and, and Bark Run and, and all uh, strength to her bow. Um, Claire's done a fantastic job. Um, yes, we've had I, that around, yeah. I, I, I listened yeah. to it uh, yeah. intently. Um, <laughs> and, and no, it, it, it's, it's exactly that. I mean, it, it really was a comedy because the day that it was announced about bark run um i can remember going to bed and it was about 900 people on the facebook uh group mm-hmm. and i go to bed quite early and i get up early uh with with the dog and uh, the next morning i got up oh no that can't be right said <laughs> about 2700 yeah and and then all of a sudden the penny drops at wow you know there's a I, i'm not going to go on about the park run thing because that's done and gone yeah and i think that's and, done for our advantage in some ways no yeah it has it has indeed and park runs disadvantage of course but hey that's the way it goes um but what happened was that Claire was uh, Claire was kind of of the opinion that to uh, do the social thing and get the clubs involved, which is 
Uh, again, the 80-20 rule, because the clubs can, we can't do it all. What did worry me was the 20% that, you know, weren't going to be uh, covered by it. Uh, and when I uh, started the Bark Life uh, website, I had expression of interest map and people could register. This was really to get people engaged with, um, you know, participating. But it became very, very clear uh, um, very quickly that the demographics were that it's very fragmented Canny Cross. It's, uh, there is a wide geographical distribution of, of participants. And the problem is, is the clubs don't cover all the, all the participants. And in fact, um, there's a, on Google Maps, you can put in a, a thing called a cluster so it can group the pins together. And if you look at the expression of interest map, it's all over the place. You know, it's hard to get a cluster. And I think that's part of the challenge to the sport is that geographically wise, it's hard to get a concentration and a mass to support the clubs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my take on it. Okay. So so tell us about Bark Life then. And how what what it is and how how that sort of you sort of say that's the icing on the cake from for the league. Well, yeah, because I thought, well, okay, I need to do something as far as you know the other the other people in the uh, across the country that can't get to uh, a social run. And I thought, well, the league's the answer because we do that in any case because um, we do all our virtual runs. And uh, so, essentially, I took a version of Synaptic, not Scampered, because we're just going to use the uh, age grade that Parkrun would use. It would get too complicated for the average runner with a dog to understand about zone five coefficients. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, nah, we've got to keep it simple. So we do... We do the scoring on age grade. So the points on Bark Life are different. That's just what you would get at Park Run. It would be an age grade. And I record the, the numbers. Um, so I started off by uh, doing that and then just saying, hey, Bark Life's here. And there's a guy who helped me no end, and I've, I've got to really thank him uh, and go on record for it. This guy called Kevin Ward. And Kevin Ward was the guy, if if you remember, there was an awful lot of publicity around the parkrun issue. And this guy, Kevin Ward, kept on coming up. It was a BBC, uh, ITV, uh, BBC Suffolk. I mean, it was... Yes, I do too. remember, yeah. You do, you do remember yeah, him? I do remember. And and he's a triathlete. He's not even a canny crosser, really. <laughs> no, he's not, but he, he was helping us no end because he was getting the name out. Uh, and, of course, he was saying Bark Life, but, of course, all the papers were saying Bark Run because... It has that, yeah. that similarity yeah, yeah. and but that's okay. It's fine because there was enough people that looked around and 
so I started getting registrations. I'm now at 203 people. You and do. I would say, yeah, I mean, it's people come and go doing it. And for some, it wasn't for them. For some, it, it, you know, they've really got into it and actually joined the league. So I think overall, I, I'm pretty pleased with it. I said I would never stop Bark Life until I only had one canny crosser left. Well, you know, it, it's it's growing. Uh, and it's not it's not got the same momentum that Bark Run did, but I think Bark Run benefited from the the wave of emotion that was going on at the time with Parkrun. Yeah. I mean, if you saw a lot of the comments going on at the time, there was a lot of negative stuff that was going on. And uh, Claire was trying to keep it positive. And, uh, you know, for some, it just wasn't for them. And I've noticed quite a few people have gone back to Parkrun and trying to do it with the under the rules. I'm not a big fan of the rules, but there you have it. No, yeah. it, so. uh, no I, I, just the thing that popped into my my head because you you talked about the sort of the lack of social runs and things like that, and I know so for Michelle she's up up in the north and you find it hard to do um, races and stuff because it's getting involved in races. There's nothing yeah. near us, so we yeah. don't have like a proper canny cross club near us. We've got lots of little like groups who go out, but there's nothing kind of organized. So yeah. So is it so as a club as a so like I um, Michelle runs social runs I do as well and you know getting lots of interest especially at the moment. So as a, yeah. a sort of a group, could we then join Bark Life to do it sort of virtually, but feel like we're part of this sort of bigger of thing? Course. Of course, it's just about registering. Uh, I only need to know a few things. Uh, I do have to ask some uh, people's date of birth <laughs> well yeah. yeah but that's that's you know we're doing it age related yeah, yeah, yeah you've got to do it uh so because we actually our we run incredibly accurate models so we actually do your age grade to the day right so within 20 to 24 hours so Nobody can say, oh, well, uh, you know, this person was is just turned 52. I'm 52 and 364 days. Nah, it doesn't work like that. No, they good. get a super accurate. Uh, we need all the help we can get. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we ever. As he gets older, uh, as you get older, that, that curve starts to get really steep. I can tell yeah. you. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so you need to know your your uh, your date of birth and your gender at birth. We keep it very correct, and uh, the name of your dog or dogs. Uh, in the league, we restrict the runs to two dogs per person. Uh, in Bark Life, we're a little bit, bit more flexible, yeah. uh, and you can run any distance from one kilometer upwards. Yeah, no, that's good because because people do like having something to to focus on or see them. You know, yeah, people get competitive, and if if they can't get to races, then it's quite nice to see where you are. But maybe then that's the league. So it's um, to me, it seems like if you want to, the league is for you if you want to. I don't know, see, be a bit more competitive, and Bark Life is a sort of bit more of a social. Is, is that how? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. To be honest, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who do bark run and then like, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, bark run and then um, they record their their tags uh, in the uh, in in bark life. It's that's absolutely fine. Yeah. We're not competing with anybody. We just want to make the grassroots sport uh, yeah. grow. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, this sounds like a really good way to get us kind of organised and help us see where we where we stand really and help us measure progress, I think. I think one of the, the criticisms I would levy at the sport is that uh, the frustration for me and one of the reasons why I started the league was that there is a distinct lack of structure. If you look at any other sport, especially sports that have been recognised, um, there's structure there to it, and there's not in Canny Cross. It's but do you think that's because? Sorry, do you think that's because? Because I I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, but do you think that's because it's a new sport, a newish sport that it's suddenly and you know COVID probably promoted it even more. And obviously we've had lots more stuff on TV and stuff. Do you think that's because it's a new sport? As you, as you said, we're not a recognised sport, so there's no sort of governing body, is there? To to, to look at it and you know I'm a Pilates teacher as well and that's the same thing with Pilates and Pilates is huge but there's no governing body about who can train who can't and you know so I think and and you know in fitness and everything they've tried to do things and and it's just it's a long process isn't it it is and I think some of it is down to the evolution of what we've got now so uh, not to put too fine a point on it, I think to a certain extent, Canny Cross is kind of an, just an adjunct to the other sled dog sports. I don't think it gets the recognition that it needs to. Be, I mean, let's face it, it is the most athletic of the sled dog sports. And I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to the podcast that are saying, how can he say that? But and I really do think that uh, well, bike your bike yours have got some different skills, but that certainly requires an awful lot of athletic skill. But uh, and then you've got the, the the people who do the rigs and all the others, and they they've got an awful lot of skill. But I don't think many of them would run an eighty percent age grade or a ninety percent. Maybe some of them might, you know. Some a lot of them do all of it, don't they? So you know. Tension. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem is is trying to get uh, we, we've we kind of got two mismatched Lego bricks and we're putting putting them together, and people are still trying to find out how to make it work. Um, and to that end, I think you know, I think to the general public, I mean, some people just think we're bonkers, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they really do. Yeah, but. <laughs> But it's okay because I used to. Well, I mean, the, one of the fond memories is from Parkrun, and uh, when you've got somebody who's hoofing it along and they're in the mid thirties, and you have uh, a beagle <laughs> and me, and we're 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 passing a substantial amount of people, then they think, well, it's cheating, don't they? We've all heard the old Parkrun stories. Oh, yeah. We've heard, just yeah. going out, we've heard that, haven't we, Michelle? Yeah. 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 I had a few free looks this morning when I was out. <laughs> yeah. The hill. But it's okay. It's fine. Um, 
so yeah, we uh, it needs an awful lot more work. I think the other thing is is that the organising bodies uh, in the UK, um, I think Dawn at Canix is doing a fantastic job. I think the Fern Nations is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, I think on the elite side, uh, I think what troubles me is there seems to be a growing chasm between elite and grassroots. And it that concerns me because it's what it might turn into that that may be an issue. It's not at the moment, but um, uh, to that end, it's run by the it's, it is run by members, and the clubs have a, a big say. Whereas the league is, as Joe calls it, a benevolent dictatorship, um, and that's why we get things done. You see. Going back to sort of the elite and the grassroots, well, I've because I've got a, a lot of new people who've just started, and we've got a race in a couple of weeks. And actually, what I quite like is that they both the races that we go to, so I go to Canning Cross Midlands mainly. Yeah, that there are elites and there are grassroots at the same same thing, and you kind of don't. It's it's great to watch these people doing these this sport but but also the grassroots is there and coming through and everyone is enjoying it yeah i hear what you say (laughs) (laughs) and it's wonderful and that was great right up until there was a decision made this year regarding the qualification level of veterans and that worried me greatly because they were applying linear qualification to uh, age groups. And I've had some elites that have said, well, I don't have any problem qualifying. And then I point out, yeah, but you've got a Euro hound. And the one thing that always attracted me with Canicross was, you know, people had a, a shot at it. You know, people had a a, a shot at, at at least having a go at, at qualifying. And really now it's at the stage where I see on one of the governing bodies that they say it's open to any breed. Well, yeah, it is. But no, it's not because you have to have a purpose bred breed to stand a chance of qualifying. So, but that's my my opinion. No, and I, sorry, I because because I get I get what you're saying, but th- then surely that it's like any other sport, isn't it? It's like some you know if you've got a decent bike or you know there's there's things about sh- running shoes and things like that. I know that's sort of, but it's the same sort of um, uh, analogy, I suppose. What I find in with the people that I'm meeting, and you know, Michelle and I are meeting a lot of people through this, and we're learning loads. So you know, we're yeah, yeah. Um, is that a lot of people start off with the sort of the bog standard dog, if you could say that. I call my dog a bog standard dog, but that's probably not the right. But then they get yeah, into no, it. No. And I've got a guy at the moment who has got a um, – uh, uh, I can't think of the word now. Anyway, he's got a dog, <laughs> and he loves it, and the dog's great. But he now is getting more competitive with himself and wants another dog so that he can get competitive. So as I'm saying that, I'm thinking that's what you're saying. <laughs> but it's, no, it's- I, I yeah, I need to just kind of 
paraphrase what I, I, I said because maybe I, 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 I misquoted what I was trying to convey. I'm okay with the elites. The elites are absolutely fine. You know, you go up to 40, maybe even 45, and, you know, if they want to go on absolute time, that's fine. But then when you get to, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll give you two examples. If you're a 50-year-old female, the 125% level equals, in age grade, 80%. Okay? So that's perfect because uh, World Masters Athletics says if you hit 80% age grade, that is a national standard. Fantastic. Okay. But in the same category is a 59-year-old person and a 59-year-old female, and she will have to run 90% age grade to qualify, just to qualify. And to me, that's 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 a big problem, and it's because of it's it's because of age, it's because of menopause, there's all sorts of other things, but it's it's not anybody's uh, issue. So for fifty, I have I sent to uh, several uh, organisations. I worked out what the qualifying times should be, and they were different for every year of age, and so I am. Um, of the opinion that we should have a point system for competitors from 50 upwards. Okay. I'll give you another example. 60 category. Okay. So the 60 category, there is no top end limit. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and okay. I know it's, it's a bit of an extreme example, but if somebody ran 80% age grade at age 60, by the time he's 74, just to qualify, he has to run a world record. Yeah. Now, tell me that's fair, because it's not. No. no. And, that, and so all I'm saying is, is, come on, guys, let's take a different look at this. There's got to be a different way that we can, we can accommodate um, veterans competing, because at the moment... Uh, Team GB are struggling to get enough people in those categories, in the veteran categories. Just go and give it a go then. <laughs> if you had, if you had a point system, you could. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a difficult one, and and I think it's such a young sport, aren't we? That it's. I mean, I know it's not. It's been going for years, but I think the, the some of the masses are coming in. I mean, for us, it's it's. You know, I love racing, but that's just I like being competitive for myself. Um, Michelle, we've still got to get out there racing. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. At some point. <laughs> I say every podcast I can. <laughs> Do I know it's becoming a regular weekly feature? <laughs> <laughs> What I love is the fact that I've got a WhatsApp group full of people that have just booked in, you know, the first race for, you know, the 8th and 9th of um, October with Kennecross Midlands. And they are so excited. And to me, you know, and they're all age groups. To me, that is the sort of, that's, I suppose, where I'm excited at the moment that I can get people up there. But I so get, but I'm probably like, you know, I want to go and I'm a veteran and I want to go and race and I, I have a goal for this year in the County Cross Midlands. I'm not going to say it out loud, but uh, it'll be interesting. But I sort of know that I'm the top end of my group age-wise. 
So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let I me know your time, and I'll give you your. I'll, I'll give you your points. Well, I'll, yeah, I will after after Dunbox End. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so how how do people, how do you all get involved in this then, Phil? Because I think Louise and I are certainly going to have a look at joining, aren't we? Okay, so there's um, okay, so there's an announcement that I need to make at the end of the podcast, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. exciting. It is. It's really exciting. Well, for me, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for uh, the end. <laughs> okay, so there's two websites. If you want to, if you want to join the league, what I would recommend is is joining the Facebook group. Just search for World League Canny Cross on Facebook, and uh, I'll let you in. You know that's uh, that's not a problem, and probably the best idea is is uh, the culture shock of uh, a few of the motley crew. You've know, got to get used to. Uh, we have a different culture, as you probably noticed. There, it's all about fun, uh, and uh, but there is a website, cannycross.games, Okay, and that is where you can enrol in the. Uh, in the league, my recommendation is is first take a look at at how it works. You can get a feel for it. If you've got any questions, uh, feel free to ask. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's for the league. And then for Bark Life, there is barklife.run. Mm-hmm. And barklife.run, you apply for a BNFL. They're all BNFLs, which is uh, not a nuclear fuels company, but is actually a bib number for life. So when you when you join the league or Bark Life, you get a bib number and that's it. So you have to remember your hashtags. So you just got to remember one number surrounded by hashtags and put it on your uh, Strava um, activity and that's it. We do the rest. You don't. You don't even have to think about which table you're going to be in, or you know which virtual race. It does it all for you. It's dead simple. It looks complicated because there's bags of tables. That's to give people lots of different opportunities to focus. Uh, yeah. and, and the reason for that is is that when I first did the trial, um, there's one lady. Uh, that joined and uh, she used to be an athlete and kind of had kind of uh, just decided to do canny cross and uh, blow me she she became a fantastic sprinter in fact she became sprint champion and she was in the high end of her well I won't say which age group but put it this way it would be uh, it, it's pretty impressive so people don't know what they don't know. And to say, that means that people have an awful lot of untapped potential and talent. It's just masked by the old, oh, well, I'm not fast enough. That's not true. It's, it's the relative performance. That's the important thing. Brilliant. Oh, so I, I, as you can tell, I love what I do. Yeah, you do. And I, and I could do it for, for ages, and I think your podcast audience would drop dramatically. But <laughs> No, we don't want that. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
So I think we are coming to the end. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to ask, Michelle. Uh, no, no, you've answered all my questions. So, so Phil, yeah, that was very I want a drum roll. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for this? Yes, we are. We're excited. I'm, I am dead excited about this and we're a bit nervous. But, oh, okay. we have de- but we've decided that we're going to do it. Okay, so uh, there was a lot of people that were disappointed uh, about going to Lepa, the European Championships, because of you know various qualification criteria. And obviously, we've already dis- discussed about World Championships and you know how hard it's going to be to compete against... Um, the purpose breads, etc. However, next year, 2023, Easter weekend, we will hold the first global virtual world championships. And it will be multiple countries. Uh, we are going to go on a recruiting drive and you will have to do three runs in four days. And there will be, I think, about 18 different world titles. There will be a handicap for purpose-bred dogs. There you go. Wow. Wow, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, this sounds fantastic. I know my lot will be interested in that. Yeah. And ask me how much. How much? Free. Yes. Amazing. like it even better. Perfect. that's what we're, we're that's what we're focusing on. So I've I, I had a word with Joe and Scott yesterday, and I said I want to I want to I want to announce it on the podcast. And I said, yeah, why not? That's brilliant. Well, we feel very privileged. Thank you, yeah, Phil. Thank that, you, Phil. That's our first uh, exclusive announcement. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I have to say that uh, to to register, there's no qualifying time. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your what your ability is. You can participate in a world championship, and uh, there's various ways that you can uh, register. Uh, one is uh, if you join the league. The other is if you go on Barclife and register for Barclife. Uh, there is a website, and I have to apologise because I'm still working on it. That's why it's. Uh, it's all very last minute. But we, it, the, no, I was going to say, why don't we get you back on beforehand and just, yeah. uh, you know, like the beginning of next year, uh, yeah, beginning of next year and just, you know, so you can talk just about that and how people can come come and do it. Yeah. The other website is world.cannycross.games. That will be the website for the championship. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I think we're going to leave it there because I think we've uh, covered loads and I'm sure there's going to be a few questions and um, yeah, yeah, let's just let's just talk about it because it and if you are a veteran, talk to us about how you feel if you've been racing. So we'd love to know. So yeah, thank absolutely. you so much, Phil, for joining us. We really appreciate that. We hope that you've enjoyed this this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. We don't forget to subscribe, share with fellow uh, Fendi County Crossers, and we will see you on the next episode.